so we're back. It's technically part three of eight, but it's part two of question mark in terms of episodes with Anna yeah. Karenina. Yeah, but in terms of Trots- Trotsky, I call him Trotsky for some reason, Tolstoy, <sighs> the other oh Russian God. guy whose name starts with a T. <laughs> what about Tolstoyevsky? <laughs> the Tolstoyevsky, they're... That's their couple name. Oh my god, that's their ship name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, um, um, also, I think pairing. I need to make a correction because I think I was listening back to a little bit of the the recording from last time, and I think I like misspoke a couple times and may have called Levin wow. Lennon, <laughs> who is <laughs> who is not the character uh, uh, Constantine Levin from. Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, but is in fact uh, the leader of the Russian Revolution in 1917 <laughs> and um, future president. I don't know what name they gave him, but yeah, he, uh, um, he is a Russian guy, but a very different Russian guy and not relevant to this or not related to this story. I think so people I, will understand the, yeah. the confusion. They're so, like, oh, not Lenin. <laughs> <laughs> Levin, yeah, and I also think it auto-corrected some of the Levins to Lenins in my document as well, and I may have not have fixed them all, so it might happen again, and if it does, it's not my fault. It's entirely your fault, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a little recap. What was the last thing that happened? Okay, Let's... so we just left Kitty in Germany. She had, like, a kind of... Um, you know, spiritual awakening in a sense. She wanted to kind of work on herself as a person and she started doing charity work and kind of nursing some people around the spa. But then one of them like got a bit horny for her and that was embarrassing. And then she learned that the Madame Stahl, who is the fine, devout, uh, invalid lady who her new best friend Varenka Uh, has been looking after. The fake one. Yeah, it's just a faker, yeah. But Varenka presumably doesn't know that. Varenka is still a lovely, do-gooder, good-hearted young woman. But I think we're seeing Kitty get a little bit jaded or at least a little bit less naive. Like, I think, you know, the naivety that allowed Vronsky to kind of take advantage of her or trick her um, is kind of just kind of growing out of it on her um, contiki in Europe. Yeah. Continue of her like a tiki tour group. Yeah, she's like, maybe people are inherently bad. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Kitty's convalescing in Germany. What's happened to Anna, the titular Anna? What's she well, doing? Oh, she's let- dumping Jude Law. She's like, I don't care what you do to me anymore. Yeah, well, she yeah basically confessed all of her uh, adultery to to Jude Law, and he, he doesn't really know okay. what to do with that. Um, so he's just said... Ooh, Bromsky broke... Brom, Bromsky, Bromsky, late... No. Bromsky, Bromsky broke his beam. leg. Frufru's dead. Oh, my God. Frufru died, yeah. That was that was really sad. Okay, so we're here? up to speed. We're up to speed. And now part three brings us to Levin's academic brother, Sergei. Um, Ooh, who... it's... Who do we cast as Sergey again? <laughs> uh, Benny from Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Kind of just, you know, loves academia, loves philosophy. Uh, yeah. ne- never uh, <laughs> never built a house in his life. <laughs> his entire vibe is just dark academia on Tumblr. Yeah. That's, that's 100%. Benny. 
<laughs> yeah. So um, so he comes to visit Levin at the the country estate um outside of Moscow. So they don't see quite eye to eye on the country. Uh, Sergey like kind of sees it as a place for leisure. He's like, mm, it's a weekend in Dalesford. Like let's <laughs> let's kick back, read a book, lie in the sun. Um, he doesn't kind of take it seriously like Levin does. To Levin, it's work. It's like being in the country yeah. is work. You work on a farm, you live on a farm, you die on a farm. <laughs> no time for books. You're buried on the farm. You're buried on the farm. You become the farm. <laughs> and it's a, all a part of the great circle of farm. I love the lion star. <laughs> <laughs> so... Sergei tells off Levin for withdrawing from the Zemstvo, which you remember was that town council that he quit because he was mm-hmm. like, I don't, it's boring and I don't like it. Or, I don't know, I think you found the people on it like phony or, you know, like. Oh my God. Overly phony. impressed it's with phony. themselves. It's Holden Caulfield all over again. Yeah, a little bit. Like, uh, what good are these people actually doing? It, it's it's useless, uh, you know indulgence i guess like doing this kind of thing um but sergey's like why did you leave you know he tells him off because he thinks levin might have had a positive impact he might have you know been able to make life better for the peasants around the place and you know get things working a little bit more efficiently in their sort of province levin says it would have been futile and frustrating for him but he does actually feel a little bit guilty um i think sergey actually does hit on something he feels a bit tender about um, That's the thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> so the next day, Levin works through his troubles by doing hard labor, uh, which involves reaping his fields alongside 42 peasant men. And this isn't normal for a gentleman to do. This is like a, no, no, a weird Levin thing. And I think the peasants are a little bit like befuddled, <laughs> for lack They're of a just better like- word. What is this rich guy doing? Um, yeah, I'm they're like... imagining him, John Krasinski, <laughs> when he got ripped for that army movie that he did when he's all sweaty and dirty. That's Ooh. him, but he's, you know, plowing a field or whatever. With like a big straw hat movie? on? No, I haven't. No, I really want to because you made it sound very appealing. It sounds Everyone's like I'd... just like buff. It's very um, pro-American army. Whoa. What was that? Great character Whoa. development. <laughs> An engaging story arc. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Everyone's super buff. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, so they're like, okay, cute sire. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, hottie McSurry. <laughs> uh, nice work, your lordship. <laughs> Doing, you missed a spot. <laughs> <laughs> nice plowing, sir. Um, so You're yeah, really anyway, showing us angry. how it's done. Yeah. Oh wait, did you ever watch the proposal with Ryan Reynolds and? Yes. Sure do you remember when he's angrily like chopping wood and he's all shirtless <laughs> and angry? That's 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 him. That's yeah. That's, that's Levin right now. That that is Levin right now. That's yeah. the entire vibe. He's listening to like Blink One Eighty Two or something. Yeah, Lincoln he's Park. So annoyed. <laughs> oh my god, Lincoln um, Park One Eighty Two. Um. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, he loves the work. It makes him like feel connected to the land, you know. Um. <laughs> And he gets right. really into it. And then and then you start to feel like this is Tolstoy speaking because Tolstoy also grew up on a big country estate. And I think in a lot of ways, Levin's just a... A stand-in for Tolstoy. So Tolstoy yeah. was like a farmer cuck. Yeah, a little bit. A farmer cuck. That's a really good 
um, description. It's really good if um, some of the livings were accidentally written as me, Leo Tolstoy, and he's like, oh, autocorrect, crazy. <laughs> it's all, like handwritten. <laughs> it's like, oh, stop it. <laughs> Actually, I think in like acrylic, Leo looks like Lev. So it's... Actually, I'm developing a conspiracy theory, Sam. You've inspired me. What if he's, like, writing his own name? And then he's, like, he's corrected it with his an own I fan fiction. <laughs> like, Anna Karenina is just Tolstoy fan fiction for Tolstoy, written by Tolstoy. Like, the um, design by Mark Jacobs for Mark Jacobs <laughs> by Mark Jacobs. From the Mark Jacobs collection. Mark Jacobs, in case you forgot. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, back, back at the country house, Levin gets a letter from Dolly saying she's staying in the country nearby. Oh. Um, so what's what's going on there? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Oh, thank you so much. I was about <laughs> to ask. Uh, Dolly has moved to the country to reduce household expenses. Um, Steve is a little bit of a spendthrift, turns out. Um but at the moment, the country isn't cute for Dolly. It fucking sucks. Like, oh, Steve no. didn't Everything's sort out. Everything's hot and dirty. Hot oh, no. and dirty and muddy. Well, it's Russia, so I guess it'd be cold and dirty and muddy. But Steve didn't sort out any of the problems with the house uh, before she moved in, like he was supposed to. So there's like leaks and they don't have the proper supplies. Like the whole situation's a bit of a clusterfuck. And she's not used to these conditions. So it takes her. Who did we it... cast as Steve again? Oh, I think we just left it as Matthew McFadden from the uh, 2012 movie, also known as Mr. Darcy. In... Oh, yeah, we did. We didn't yeah. really. Yeah, we were just like, all he... right. He does a really good job of it, though. So it takes Dolly and the nanny, Matriona, putting in a buttload of work before the house becomes like inhabitable and she actually starts to get used to her life and she's like, okay, I've got this. Like, you know. We're going to be okay. Wait, so she's staying in the country, and her husband's going to stay in the city and keep spending Steve her is, money. Yeah, I guess so. Steve is still... Because he's got that job in the city, so I presume he's sending the money. job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's where he gets his income from. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, where, where all their wealth, like generational wealth is. But yeah, so that that's Dolly's situation. Anyway, um... Fast forward to Levin coming to visit. Um, he's he's kind of happy to see him. Dolly tries to get him to think about rekindling things with Kitty. Um, Ooh. Yeah. But he rejects the idea and he gets a little bit angry. Um, That's the other thing he's sensitive about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next day, Levin inspects his hay reserves. He, and he finds that the peasants have actually been um, cheating him of a considerable portion <gasps> of his income. They've been pulling the little... The wool blankie over his eyes. They've been dipping into the hay. <laughs> yeah, the hay fund. <laughs> oh my god. There's just guys what, walking out do? of the barn. Is he execute with, like... someone? <laughs> <laughs> There's just guys walking out of the barn with like pockets full of hay. <laughs> hey. Just like skimming off the top. <laughs> <laughs> like rounded off to like 2.5, but it's actually 2.8. <laughs> and they're all che- they all cheerfully deny his claim. He's like, you guys stealing the the hay money and they're like what no never seen a hay what's hay <laughs> you're crazy <laughs> <I'm> sire <stupid. laughs> i'm just a peasant 
<laughs> I'm just a stupid peasant. I don't know, hey. <laughs> I say that to f- whenever he like makes some fucking obscure reference and he's like, do you know? And I'm like, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> then he drops it. Good. That's the point, isn't it? So he's like, Kitty, never met her. <laughs> Kitty? Kitty, <laughs> more like, no, we... Who? <laughs> Kitty, more like, Ewe, I don't know. We're terrible tonight. I, I, yeah, we're not happening. on. We're not on. That's fine. That's all Well, right. we're 16 minutes in. Maybe we'll get on. Maybe <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll, we'll roll into it. We'll get into our... It's just so weird that you're in the next room. Did we address that? I forget. No. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. Uh, some, some context for today's episode. <laughs> mm. We're both Are... in my house, but we're recording in separate rooms, so we can kind of vaguely yeah. hear the other person in the next room and also yeah. see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and That's and we're both cool. sort of streaming Skype on Sam's struggling internet. <laughs> we're b- um, just like kooky, crazy kids doing mm-hmm. their kooky, crazy podcast. Millennials. Yeah, so... Levin's a bit annoyed about the peasants, but he feels that the countryside is where he belongs. And also that he is destined not to marry. Um, he's like, sure. Guess I'm never going to get married. <laughs> oh. He literally proposes once and he's like, well, that's that. He's like the gifted kid who, like, if he's not immediately good at anything he tries, he'll just quit. Oh my God. At me next time. Mm. Literally. I hate putting hard work into anything. Yeah. If I'm not immediately good at something, I'm like, that was stupid. (laughs) I'm just like, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. (laughs) But who should he happen to glimpse through the open window of a carriage rolling over the hill (gasps) nearby uh, than Kitty herself? On her way to visit Dolly, she's back from Europe. She's got, I think, ribbons in her hair. There's like a whole thing. Amazing. You know, she's lit up beautifully by the low sun in the sky. He's like, oh my God. She appears like a vision in the window. And he realizes that he does love her still. And she's <laughs> the only person for him. He's only ever he... met one girl. That's why. He's <laughs> met Dolly and Kitty and that's it. <laughs> so back to St. Petersburg. Karenin tries to stick his head in the sand after Anna, uh, <laughs> after Anna's admission. Oh, uh, poor so Yeah, he sticks to his work routine, um, but I guess his work isn't like like um, attention intensive enough to prevent him from like ruminating and bitterly kind of like. Um, well, like Steva, he literally just goes in, high fives a bunch of dudes, and then like drinks <laughs> yeah. like vodka in his office and just like kind of twirls yeah. a pen around, I guess. <laughs> or a globe. <laughs> just, yeah. Pointing at globe things. of the world. <laughs> it's like biting the edge of a pen, like hmm. Like mm. like taking off his glasses and biting the the, the, the end of it. And just going hmm. And then putting them back on. That's Polishing them on his shirt. It'd be great to be a man in the olden days. In government. In the any days, maybe. Yeah, true. So he starts to hate her, you know. Uh, yeah. And okay. because and because he hates her, he starts to grow more distant from their son as a result. I don't know, I guess uh, Serioja looks a bit like Anna, maybe. But he's just like, ugh. 
everything's terrible and I hate everyone. The son's just like, let's play catch. And he's like, why don't you play catch with your whore mother? She'll catch it. (laughs) What? (laughs) You heard me. He's like five. Um, and he actually, you know, in his, in his, um, musings, he wonders if he, if he ought to challenge Vronsky to a duel, um, as I think is customary, but not necessarily common. Um, but also he's scared of guns, which I think is very reasonable. (laughs) Like, I feel like Tolstoy was kind of making fun of him, um, trying to make him look bad by saying that. But I'm also like, I'm scared of guns. (laughs) And also, Bromsky's in the army. He can definitely shoot a gun, right? Yeah, for sure. But also, um, there's there's another layer of reasoning, and I don't know if he's, like, just telling himself this and it's meant to be a little bit hypocritical or if this is actually true. Um, but he reasons that no one in the government would let him duel um, because, mm-hmm. like, his... It's not legal anywhere. <laughs> well, no, no, I think... I don't know how legal it is or what the deal is there, but the idea is that he's, like, too valuable like his position in the oh. office is too valuable, so some people like no. Who's we need gonna him. spin the globe if he's not there? <laughs> exactly. So he's, he's like the one oh. powering the building with like the globe spinning like a hamster. Yeah, that's his job. Oh my mm-hmm. god. So, in that case, someone would like have to take his place and fight Vronsky for him, like a second. Um, and then and then people would like look on it as like an empty performative gesture anyway. They'd like see him as hypocritical for challenging Brodsky to a duel he knew he he knows he wouldn't have to fight. So he's like he's he's doing running in circles <laughs> on this. Like subject. the hamster in a wheel like powering the, the entire yeah. government. So Karenin eventually realizes the best punishment for Anna would be to actually not let her escape him. Uh, to keep her bound mm-hmm. to him not provide her with what she wants a divorce oh no still he's also a stand-up guy so he like writes to inform her of her plan he's like "Mm, i'm going to screw you (laughs) i regret to inform you that you are cordially screwed (laughs) Uh, your obedient servant (laughs) rsvp to getting fucked Um, Anna gets the letter and she's she can't believe this guy. She's like, oh, I can't believe this guy. That's <laughs> what so she's thinking. She's like, oh, she's pregnant she, with another man's baby and she's yeah. just, just she can't believe it. Her, man. She can't believe um, it. She can't believe this guy. <laughs> she's gonna write him saying that she's leaving and taking her son with her. And I think she writes the letter, but she like pushes out sending it at the last second. Because um, oh. I think under the law, like if they took it to court, he like she's the party in the wrong, so he'd get the kid, and you know, of course. Um, it's and always... even if it didn't go to court, like the kid belongs to the to the dad. The father, anyway. women yeah. don't women don't own anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Now that Anna's pregnant, Vronsky feels he wants to resign from military service. He's like, I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> I'm going to be there to raise my baby. <laughs> Got to play catch with my son. Mm. <laughs> Good was and his leg's broken. What's he gonna do in the army with a broken leg? Uh, that's a good point, actually. Um, yeah, maybe that adds to the his decision. But um, he's reluctant to give up his professional ambitions, however, especially because his old school friend, uh, fuck, Serpukovskoy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Serpukovskoy is back in town, and he's like recently found like a lot of fame and success. He like got a promotion Ooh. and like maybe a medal. I can't really remember, but. Vronsky's like, nah, that could have been me. Like, they started at the same time kind of thing, but Vronsky's been kind of, like, 
fucking around literally like not really not working particularly hard not really advancing just kind of you know yeah stupin is beautiful mistress um yeah which he's like you know very into and i don't think he regrets it but he's also a little bit like ah i could Could be shoulda woulda yeah exactly um so he sets off for anna's country house where she's arranged a meeting with him on the way, he feels he's he's also reflecting, you know, and he feels that he loves her more than ever, uh, and his pulse quickens upon his first glimpse of her, you know, like a like oh. a teenage crush, like a teenage oh. dream. How have how pregnant is she now? I'm not sure. I don't know how much time's passed. Yeah, uh, doesn't matter. Did you just reference Katy Perry? Um, mm? would I do something like that? You did, and you have. Don't gaslight me. <laughs> It's gas lamping. Oh, yeah, back then, sorry. <laughs> Can't believe you let me gaslight you about the word gaslight. I'm gonna set you on fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna literally light you on gas. <laughs> Anna reveals to Vronsky that she spilled the beans to Karenin. Um, mm. And Vronsky's like, ugh, and he fears <laughs> a duel. Um, he, he's he's also aware that Karenin could potentially challenge him to a duel, um, but she hands over Karenin's letter to Anna um, mm-hmm. for for Vronsky to read, and he's like confused. He's like, "Wait, what? What kind of dude?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this guy. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> They're both just like, "Right, <laughs> I can't believe this guy." The fetus inside her belly's like. I can't believe this I guy. I can't believe this guy. <laughs> the kid's um, like, I don't know who, I don't know who we're talking about, but I also can't believe him either. <laughs> I cannot. So he tells Anna to abandon Seriosha, her son with Karenin, and put an end to the humiliating situation that all three of them are in by obtaining a divorce. And Anna bursts out sobbing and says that she's not humiliated, but proud. Which is kind of a lovely, a lovely moment. Mm-hmm. You know, that she's finally sort of done something for herself, you know, yeah. something honest, honest in the sense that like true to her feelings. Like it's what she wants for once. Yeah, exactly. But also like, I don't know if I t- talk about this later, but like she can't live Seriosha and that's something that Bronski just can't understand. Like Seriosha's <laughs> He's just like, but you're getting another one. <laughs> <laughs> You like children? I'll give you three. I'll give you four. <laughs> don't worry about that one. The dud. It's fine. Don't worry about him. His dad hates him. Whatever. <laughs> what do you like? What do you want? Cars? I got cars. <laughs> I got cars. You want a pool? <laughs> <laughs> I got that too. Look. Ooh. He's just distracting her. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So she doesn't want to leave her son, understandably. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Okay. So back in the city, Karenin delivers a speech before the government. Um, you know, as part of his job. He actually does do one or two actual things in his job, including speech giving. Um, and it's actually very good. It's very good. And everyone is very impressed with him. And so he's feeling pretty good about himself. Um, when Anna goes back to her home in St. Petersburg to talk with him. So she re- reaffirms to him that she's the one at fault, but she also says that she can't change anything. It's sort of too late. Um, so she she's like, Come on. <laughs> you don't want the kid anyway. Give him to me. Yeah. So um, out of softness or weakness, uh, Karenin backs off a little and makes only one demand. Um, 
that Vronsky at least never set foot in his home. So it's almost like he's going to just let this affair continue so long as, like, they don't, um, you know, humiliate his name, I guess, in public. Oh, and, it's and like Vronsky's a not allowed don't ask, to, like, don't tell open relationship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, you're not allowed to fuck in, in the bed. <laughs> um, you can use a spare room. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't set foot in the house, actually. They can use a country house. And I will pay for your hotel. <laughs> I'll reimburse you. Just send me the tax invoice. <laughs> what a good dude. What a good, good yeah. dude. I think he gets a Can't bad rap. <laughs> Can't believe him, but... And yet. Yeah, I feel like it's funny. Because, like, I find him to be one of the most sympathetic characters in the story. But I don't think he was intended to be sympathetic. I think his, like, coldness and, you know, lack of passion, sort of vacillating... Uh, on, you know, whether he wants to get rid of Anna and divorce her or, or keep her or, you know, the fact that he's all about appearances, you know, he's like, you can do what you want. I don't care so long as you, you know, keep up appearances. I think that's meant to be an indictment of him. I think you're meant to hate him for that a little bit. Um, oh, but funnily um, enough, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm 100% on board with him. Maybe, yeah. you know. Like, I do. can't believe him, but like, wow. <laughs> but I can... Uh, I believe in him. <laughs> Can't believe him, but I believe in him. <laughs> it's the Karen, Karen and Karen and promise. Karen, mm. Karen in <laughs> Jude Law. Back at the farm. <laughs> down at the farm. Back. <laughs> uh, Levin knows Kitty has moved in next door. That she's staying with Dolly. A uh, little ways down the street. Um, and also farming is hard and everything is hard and stupid. That's true. <laughs> and he, and everything's stupid and he hates everything. Um, and Kitty's moved in next door, but that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Dolly is like, hey, lend us a saddle to try like an engineer, a meeting between the two of them again. Like get them to kind of, um, meet up. She's trying to do a little meet cute. She's like, oh no, but I don't know how to put on a saddle. Maybe John Krasinski (laughs) might. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a reconnection. But he just mails it over. <laughs> oh my gosh. He sends it by courier. He's like, you can have it, but I'm not I'm not coming. <laughs> um eventually though it gets so unbearable to live next door to Kitty, just knowing that she's nearby becomes so unbearable that he goes on a long trip <laughs> uh, to see his friend in a different in a different part of the country. Um, on the way, he stops by a local peasant's house to eat, and he's actually super impressed by the peasant life and how happy and healthy they are, and how <laughs> you know how functional as a family they are, how they're not always grumpy about everything all the time. Um, and they say, "Oh," and and I think he's kind of thinking about his peasants and why he can't like get them to be like completely on his side, <laughs> and and be invested in the farm doing well and. What he finds out there is that the peasants that he's sort of stopping by to have dinner with say that it's because they own the land that they're on. Um, so they have a stake in their own success. So they're going to so work peasants are just meant harder. to, like, entertain lords whenever they come by. They're just like, I'm, yeah, we're all on Airbnb for you. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think he might have known them from somewhere. Um, I can't really remember. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's, like, <laughs> in... Um, 
like when we we're talking about Homer in ancient Greece, some people would just stop by people's houses and be like, you must take care of me. It's the hospitality rules. I don't think it's quite on that level. Okay, so he gets to his mate's house. Um, this guy's name's Shvayalskis. Shvayalskis wow. house. Um, anyway, they try to set him, They when, when he gets to his mate's house, um, they try to set Levin up with one of the family uteruses. <coughs> you can't say that while I'm like yawning discreetly. You can't, you have to warn me. You have to give I'm like sorry. a, like a, like a three, two. <laughs> family um, uteruses, you fucking dick. All right. Um, and there Levin realizes again that he could never marry anyone but Kitty. You can, um, you're just stubborn. <laughs> at dinner, at, uh, at a dinner at this house, we get two straw men who don't matter, whose only job it is to have an argument that uh, Tolstoy's interested in. Um, <laughs> so basically, one of the landowners claims that farming was better in, um, in back in the old days when they still had serfs, so slaves on the land that oh. had, to, um, had to work, had to, had to donate their labor. Um, to to the lord on whose land they lived and who weren't allowed to leave and go elsewhere. They had to stay and work. And they also think that the emancipation of the serfs has economically and like spiritually, culturally ruined Russia. Russia's no longer a strong country. Yeah, <laughs> Are you recognizing some of these arguments? Yeah. <laughs> so the other says that slavery is bad. That's his entire argument. So Well, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one says the West machines and methods are good and that Russian farmers should adopt them. The other says what works in Europe cannot work in Russia. Lenin's actually inclined to agree on this point. Um, his attempts to introduce farming innovations like threshing machines and stuff, his attempts to introduce those to his peasants have been disastrous. They don't want to use newfangled machinery. They, they know their old ways, they're comfortable with that and they don't want to do other newfangled fancy stuff. Shvayashki right. thinks that education will help make the peasants better at their job. But Levin disagrees. And this is where I'm like, ew, Levin. <laughs> oh, what's yeah. his hot take? Well, he's what's just like, take? he's like, peasants shouldn't be educated. It'll just make them more difficult to deal with. And I'm like, damn. That's true, because they'll know too much. And then he'll be like, how am I going to trick them? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Levin eventually decides the answer is to treat peasants not as an abstract workforce, but as specifically Russian peasants whose specific traditions and nature, you know, culture, must be factored into all decisions involving the organization of labor on farms. Levin decides to try to make his peasants, the peasants who work on his land, financial partners in the harvest. Oh, okay. Yeah, to try and, you know, so it's almost a little bit communist. It is. Mm. But he's like, if they own part of the land, they'll be invested in its success. Like, if they make more money, if the land does well, then they'll work hard to make the land do well. It kind of makes sense. Um, And the peasants resist to this, though, because they suspect Levin's trying to cheat them somehow. They don't really get it. (laughs) Can't believe this guy. (laughs) (laughs) What's he trying to, what kind of bullshit is he trying to pull? You're out there working in the fields. Yeah, working the fields, giving us money. Who does he think he is? <laughs> What's he up to? Levin decides to write a book. Oh, of course. It's yeah. called Anna Karenina. <laughs> um, however, before he can go, and he wants to write it like about labor. Like, I guess, sort of like his brother, Sergei, he wants to do like an academic book about labor and philosophy and whatever. Economics, which is astrology for boys. 
<laughs> oh my god, the amount of boys that talk about the stock market, like they yeah. like understand it. And I'm like, you're hilarious. You've seen Wolf of Wall Street like three times. Yeah. So he wants to go on a research trip in Europe to look at how they do farming over there. But before he can set off, uh, Nikolai arrives at his house. His brother Nikolai, sicker than ever. Yeah. Oh no. Still got Jake. tuberculosis. Yeah. For some reason, even though he went to those fancy baths. I know, they didn't cure him of his TB. And it looks like he's abandoned his girlfriend, too. It's just oh, him. No. He's shown up at the house alone. So since only one room in the house is heated, which sounds like torture, Levin allows Nikolai to sleep in his own bedroom, which I presume is the room that is heated. Why wouldn't um, you heat the rest of the house? It's so rude. There's servants, too. Yeah, I don't know, man. They're It'd be so Russians. cold there. So Nikolai is, like, coughing throughout the night. You know, like Satine in Moulin Rouge, you know, like incessant. Exactly like Satine. <laughs> yeah. Sexily it, coughing. Sexily coughing blood onto a handkerchief, yeah. Mm. And he's also cursing. He's, like, swearing a lot every time he coughs. And that keeps Levin awake all hours. <laughs> he's like, God, can you, like, die more quietly? <laughs> well, actually, what, what Levin is thinking about, with his brother obviously, like, dying loudly dying in the next room levin is just obsessing over death he's like oh mortality <laughs> ah yes hello darkness my old friend my old friend and so he like gets up and starts and he spends some time like counting his gray hairs in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> he's like dyeing them with like polish the next day nikolai is purpose purposely irritating uh, and he mocks Lenin, Lev, see, I did it again. Oh. Mocks Levin's ideas um, about agricultural improvement. Um, but he's just letting off the steam of mortal doom, you know? He's yeah. just like. You know, when you're dying and you just humiliate your brother? That's yeah. It's fine. I feel like that's really. He's got the dying card for him. It's fine. He can do what he yeah, wants. Exactly. Nikolai leaves, finally, um, but at the last minute asks for Levin's forgiveness for being an asshole. So oh. sort of reconcile a little bit before Nikolai goes to continue his um, process yeah. of shuffling off his mortal coil yeah. uh, elsewhere. <laughs> and now we're up to part four. Oh my god, we did it. That was the end of part three. Oh my god. We're like mm. gonna be halfway into this book. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. Look at us go. Okay, so we're back with the Karenans who are still living together. Mm. Um, and it's weird. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And Karenin makes it a rule to see Anna every day to, to in order to avoid the servants spreading rumors. <laughs> so, like, the servants all know. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's like two divorcing parents, like pretending in front of the kids to be friends, even though they hate each other. It's the vibe I get. Oh, and he never dines at home as well, which I guess he passes off as like needing to, you know, rub shoulders um and yeah. shake hands and do business and he's just like at a carl's jr just having like a burger by himself or something. <laughs> he's just sitting in his car in a drive-thru oh my god carl's jr but instead of a c it's a k carl <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness one night uh due to a unfortunate scheduling failure oh, karenin no. and bronski meet in the hall of karenin's house to make matters worse, when Vronsky Wait, gets to Anna... Vronsky shouldn't be in the house, right? That's his entire thing. He's are like, you calling he's him Vronsky not... like LeBron? Bromsky. But I could be. Do you want me to call him LeBronsky? It's, 
It's V like for vampire. Oh, I've been saying B this whole time. Like, yeah, B. Vronsky. Yeah, sorry. Vromsky. I've been calling him like, 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 bro. Yeah, Vromsky. Yeah, which I kind of like, but no, it's V R O N for. That's v- God, I've gotten night. all the consonants wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. That's um, all right. Yeah, wasn't that Jude Law's one rule? He's like, just don't let him in the house, all right? <laughs> Keep him outside. He's an outdoor pit. <laughs> Yeah, it was his one rule. That's what he was sensitive about. <laughs> so, I can't believe these guys. So to make matters worse, when Vronsky gets to Anna, she's pissed off and makes nasty remarks about him shutting... Uh, <laughs> I have it. Shutting it up around town. I meant to write slutting it up around town. I've obviously He's been had slutting a... it up around town? He's got a baby on the way. I don't think he has been slutting it up around town. I think that oh. he has a reputation, though, and that Anna suspects him. I think she's mm-hmm. a she's a jealous woman. She's kind of, you know, she's put all of her power eggs in his basket. Yeah. Yeah, and and then if he yeah if he um, distributes those eggs, there'll be no eggs for Easter. What will the kids do? Exactly. What are they That's a great. They're yeah. They they won't have any eggs. They'll be eggless. That was a oh, great yeah. metaphor. So she's like, you're even slutting it up around town with a foreign dignitary. Because um, he was assigned to a score this foreign dignitary. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was kind of um, like showing him around, like, welcome to Russia. So they like watched a bear fight and, you know, it was like a really <laughs> drink vodka. Looked at some whores like, and stuff. Yeah. And the guy's like, woo, Russia. Um, even though <laughs> that's not what Russia is. It's not all bear fights and vodka and... Bear baiting. Bear baiting. Is that all you know? Is that all the research all you've this, done into Russia? All the sports involve bears. <laughs> so Vronsky notes with disappointment how Anna has changed. Um, apparently she's been more irritable and has put on weight because she's oh. pregnant. I don't think he's ever met a pregnant person. He's like, don't they just come out after a while? <laughs> like the children just walk out of their mothers? He still believes in the stork. Mm-hmm. He's like, when's the bird coming by? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, her husband comes up and Anna erupts in anger, saying if she'd been in Karenin's place, she would have killed a cheating wife like herself. And that he's a pussy. She calls him a, an administrative machine with no feelings or courage. Who is she saying that to right now? Karenin, Law, I think. Or... I wrote her oh. husband comes up, but I don't know if he's back. Oh, her or it sounds just, like oh at some point her husband comes up in the conversation oh <laughs> that's what i meant when i wrote that. oh my god don't tell me jude law heard that <laughs> no he didn't hear that oh thank god but um yeah but she's like if it had been me i would have just killed my wife and Jesus i was Christ. like damn anna don't give him ideas <laughs> yeah i know oh my goodness vronsky figures uh that she's moody because she's pregnant which is go. probably right. Um, and he asks when she's due, and she says not long. So she must be starting to show a little bit, although she's probably getting some fancy dress magic going on. You know, as you will when you can get all your dresses individually handmade by a squadron of seamstresses. Amazing. She says everything will soon be resolved because she will die shortly. What? Um, she seems pretty certain of it. He's like, what? Um, <laughs> what? Just like that. And she tells him that she's actually had a prophetic dream um, in which a scary peasant speaks French and says, um, 
beating iron is necessary, which she takes to mean that she'll die in childbirth or something. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know, as you do. That sounds about right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's leaving these two dads as single dads. Oh, what if they get together and it's just like daddy daycare or something? No. That'd be nice. Cute. Yeah. Karenin has a troubled night after running into Vronsky. Um, Whoa. So he's he's out and about, but, you know, meanwhile he's pissed. He's thinking about it. He's like, that was my one rule. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> that was the one thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> uh, he tells Anna he's decided to initiate divorce proceedings. He's Yay. finally made up his mind. Um, and finally. he seizes her love letters with Vronsky for evidence, you know, to support his claim that she's been cheating on him and that, you know, that yeah. I think that's oh. the... Evidence but that, that means she won't get the kid. Well, that's just it. She begs him to allow her to keep custody of Sarioja. Karenin replies that although he no longer loves the boy, he will take him anyway. <laughs> and the kid's like, there in front of them this whole time. And he's like, am I going to get dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it is like 8.30 p.m. <laughs> do, I have, do I have to go to bed? <laughs> is anyone taking care of me? <laughs> any food since lunchtime <laughs> he's like there's... i'm kevin in home alone just jumping on the beds like i'm jumping on the beds <laughs> there's oh, no. no string cheese left in the fridge he ate it all <laughs> he he's has like 12 juice some boxes he's hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> it was his one rule okay so... <laughs> i can't believe these guys <laughs> um yeah so corinne's like i'll take the boy the next day, Karenin visits an anti-Semitic caricature um, slash divorce lawyer. Okay. Yes. He's got the Ford slash on his business card. <laughs> I can do both. <laughs> <laughs> Who assumes Karenin wishes to pursue a mutually consenting divorce. Karenin explains that he wants to prove involuntary exposure of an uh. adulterous affair using the love letters as evidence. The lawyer warns him that such cases require the involvement of religious authorities. They'll have to get priests involved. Um, and often letters are not sufficient evidence to prove infidelity in such What cases. about the baby inside of her? Well, <laughs> I don't know if he knows about that yet. Anyway, the he, lawyer's just He doesn't just know like, she's pregnant? <laughs> the lawyer's just like, let me handle it my way. And Karenin's like, okay, fine. Even though he's a control freak. Because he's got enough to worry about. You see, things aren't too hot in government right now. Yeah, um, he has to make like Taylor's so many more time. speeches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah, he's gonna make some more speeches, but he, but he's got lymph nodes. The globe nodes. won't spin itself. He's getting like carpal tunnel. <laughs> it's all just happening. He's just been thwarted by a rival in some oh. kind of debate that was going on in the in the government. He decides to go to the country to get away from it all. And he runs into Steva and Dolly one day <laughs> while he's out there. Everyone, there's just one country and everyone's just going there. I think that, yeah, you know, it's like the rich people part of the country. You know, like if you went it's to Cape the Cod. country here, you'd be like, it's like, we're going to the country. We're, and everyone's just in Dalesford. So it's like the same country. You know what I mean? Yeah, he ran into Steve and Dolly, but they're like related to his adulterous wife. So he's like a little bit cold to them. He's a bit like, they're like, <laughs> Karanin. And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> where's the son? Has, is anyone looking after him? <laughs> no, he's still bouncing on the bed. <laughs> he's wasting he's like, away. I'm very hungry. <laughs> he's trying to turn on the oven so he can make himself some fish sticks, but he's going to oh fill God. the house with smoke. 
Oh no, he's trying to make Easy Mac on the stove, but like Aww. there's no milk. It's, he can't reach the stove. Oh no. He can't read the instructions. Oh no, they're in English. <laughs> so Stephen doesn't get it. He doesn't get why he's why Karenin's treating them so coldly. Steve's in a good mood. He's got a new mistress who's a ballerina. You know, everything's coming up, Steve. <laughs> he's like, why isn't everyone happy? I can't believe this guy. <laughs> um, he's stoked to see Karenin. He, enough to invite him to hang out um, with Levin and Kitty at an upcoming dinner party he's throwing. Ooh. This is where our storylines are crossing. Karenin's like, I'm divorcing your sister. <laughs> and Steve is like, oh shit, dog. You're still coming, oh, though, right? <laughs> you already RSVP'd. You still, uh, we got, we already got all the uh, the lobsters. Are you still yeah, coming? you're still coming, right? <laughs> um, so he does. The food is great, and Karenin is awkward. Kitty and Levin see each other for the first time since the failed <gasps> marriage proposal, and their mutual love is overwhelmingly evident. They really? play a word game. Uh, on a card table. I think it's like with like Scrabble tiles, like tiles with like letters on them or something. And they have this game that they play and then they use like it to like write them each other secret codes that like <laughs> apologize for their past errors. And then he proposes to her again using like the little tiles and she accepts. And everyone can see it. They're like, this is not how you play the game, but whatever. <laughs> like, Karen, it's like, I'm of the yeah. opinion that we're winning and you're, this is, I I don't, I can't believe you guys using our Scrabble game for your stupid love notes. Anyone seen my son? (laughs) Karenin and Dolly manage to get a couple minutes alone where he reveals to her that he's pretty set in his plan for divorce. Um, She obviously relates to him. As you'll remember her, uh, her at the beginning of the story, she was also cheated upon. Well, she's still getting cheated on right now. She just doesn't know it right now. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if she suspects. <laughs> she's like, Stephen, where are you going? He's like, the ballet. And she's like, can she's I like, come? And he's like, ah. You wouldn't like it. You, you. Mm. I love the ballet. <laughs> Not this one. <laughs> she, she's like, but she still protests. You know, she obviously forgave Steve, but in Paramount, in the importance to her mind is that Anna will be ruined basically, if um, if Karenin goes through with the divorce. But Karenin claims there's nothing he can do. His hands are tired. It's, it's, it's tight. Sure. Now, for the first time uh, in his life, Levin is happy. Aww. Let's just take a moment to appreciate that for a minute. Because uh, it's rare. <laughs> Someone's happy. That's nice. Yeah. So he tells Sergei the news uh, and wanders sleeplessly in the streets for a bit, probably like picking roses and sniffing them and <laughs> I'm just like picking the petals and like she loves me, she loves me more, she loves me, she loves me more. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's You're swinging like, off lampposts, singing a little bit, and everyone's like, Shh. <laughs> like clicking it's Sunday, his heels. keep it down. <laughs> it's literally four in the morning. <laughs> In the morning, he goes back to the Shabatsky house and embraces Kitty. Hmm. Just, pl- like, chastely. <laughs> um, oh, <my> but <laughs> He just taps her on the shoulder. <laughs> Excuse like, me. She was just in his way. For days. <laughs> yeah. She was just, like, in front of the fridge and he wanted to get into the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Excuse me. <laughs> um, he was like, Oh, my God. That was so fucking hot. <laughs> 
<laughs> by now, word's gotten around, so he's sent off on engagement party errands by the family. Um, like, to buy flowers and presents and stuff. Uh, Levin is in... Oh, sorry. Levin, in a characteristic mood, decides to show Kitty his journals. Uh, <gasps> revealing... Are they all just drawings in- of her? <laughs> <laughs> um, revealing that he's an atheist and has fucked before marriage. Uh, Kitty is upset but forgives him. He's like, look, we need to start with a clean slate. Yeah, she's upset but she forgives him. For the fucking, not for making her read his journals, which are pre- yeah. I would presume is excruciating. I know. She's like, wait, you wrote three pages about how the sun looked one day? Are you serious? <laughs> wow, there's a lot in here about uh, reaping the fields. <laughs> Things aren't so good for Karenin, on the other hand. He's been passed over oh, for no. that promotion that he wanted. Oh, no. Then he gets a telegram that Anna is gravely ill. When he gets home, he finds out she's had a healthy baby girl. But now she's on death's door. So it's almost like her prediction that she'd die in childbirth is going to come true. Mm. Bronsky is there. Anna is sure she's dying. So she begs Karenin for forgiveness. She also implores Karenin to forgive Vronsky. Um, which in a truly lovely piece of writing, Karenin actually does. And like Tolstoy like writes this beautiful description of like how Karenin feels like forgiveness wash over him. And it's like, you know... It's just a relief. Like, he's no longer suffering. He just feels happy for the first time in forever. Like, you know, when you're, like, having a fight with someone and you finally forgive them and it's like, thank God, now we're not fighting anymore. Have you ever no. had that? <laughs> okay. Let's, I never forgive. Well, at least, at least <laughs> you stick to your guns. always angry. <laughs> Vronsky departs feeling that his love for Anna, which he thought had flagged lately because she'd been such a bitch and she'd gotten fat, because she was <laughs> magnet. <laughs> oh no. Okay. And I'll just say that again in case you missed it. She was pregnant. But <laughs> she's fat. <laughs> is revived. He's like, oh, I love her. Mother of my child. And back at home, he can't sleep. He's tormented by the possibility of Anna's death because of him and his penis. Yeah, and his sperm. Um, only half aware of his actions, Vronsky shoots himself in the chest. And what? Yeah, he tries to kill himself. I think he, like, with a rifle. I don't know if he, like, has a string or... What? Why did he do that? She's not dead yet. I don't know. I don't know. I think it could be possibly, and I can't remember if Tolstoy goes into this, so I'm, I'm purely speculating here, but it's possible, like, with his leg broken and not being able to be a soldier anymore and with Anna, the only thing left in his life about to die, uh, he thinks... His child... Yeah, true, actually. Anyway, he survives and his servants help him out and he's fine. That's hilarious. Karenin, back at the house, feels supreme tenderness for his new non-daughter. Does he know it's not his? Yeah, he knows. (laughs) Yeah, surely, yeah. But I don't know, I guess the the endorphins are flowing. (laughs) Baby pheromones. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever's going on there. Anna has named the girl after herself. (laughs) Of course, in a boss move. Like, I, I don't begrudge her that at all. I'm like, more women should name their daughters after themselves. Yeah. Like, it's fine like, when men What if do she it. dies? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Although it would make things confusing. Unfortunately for Anna, she has not died. <laughs> Fortunately. She has now passed away. Uh, and now she has to listen to Betsy 
tell her about Vronsky taking a position in Tashkent, a million miles away in Uzbekistan. Why did he do that? I don't know. Unless it's a different Tashkent. I don't know if there's like a Tashkent in Russia. I know there's a Tashkent in Uzbekistan. What if it's just like the next street over or something? Well, I feel like she'd be less sad or less annoyed or angry. I'm not sure. Betsy says that Anna should say goodbye to Vronsky. Um, She thinks there's no point. Karenin says she can if she wants. He's like... I'm chill. I'm good. He's he's like Hare Krishna now. He's like found spirituality. (laughs) He's just centered in himself. He's at one with the universe. He's like, peace and love, baby. He's growing out his hair. (laughs) He's growing out his beard. Oh, good for him. He's wearing some beads. (laughs) Puka shell. Yeah. Oh my God. He's like learning to surf. And I'm like, how? (laughs) You're inland in Russia. <laughs> just the snow. <laughs> but yeah, so um, she doesn't say bye to Aaron Yeah, Johnson. so he's... Um, and he's even like, your affair can even continue if, if just so long as you know the family and children aren't disgraced. He's just feeling very generous. Steve pops by. He's he's in town. Anna is like, Steve, what do I do? And he's like, you shouldn't have married him. He's 20 years older than you and you didn't love him then. Now you can be the... St- <laughs> And she's like, well, right. what should I do now? Well, he's like, now you can either stay with him or don't. And she's like, but what's easier? Steva talks to Karenin and he says that only divorce will satisfy Anna. But Karenin reminds him of the disgrace that Anna will suffer if he, if he, sorry, if she chooses such a path. Like, so he's like, I mean, if she wants, but I think that'll be bad for her. You know, I think yeah. it'd be better for her to just keep on going like this. He's just um, holding the baby and he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's just a babysitter now. And the son's yeah. like, hello, I'm going to set myself on fire, guys. <laughs> he's just got matches out. <laughs> I'm running with scissors. Hello. <laughs> so Stephen mentions that Karenin could allow Anna to escape public shame by pretending that it was himself and not Anna who committed the adultery. Which would stain his reputation far less, possibly not even at all. Yeah, because he's a man. It's fine. Exactly. And Steve was like, trust me. <laughs> trust me, I know. I know. And he just goes, I've been there, buddy. <laughs> Want to go um, see the ballet? <laughs> Karenin tearfully says he is willing to entertain this option. However, I don't, and I think he is in that moment, but I don't think he ever seriously considers it again later in the book. I think that's like, it happens and then it's gone. And then he's like, nah. Nah. I don't know. It just gets glossed over a little bit. Vronsky, hearing that Karenin has granted a divorce, visits Anna and they reaffirm their love. Anna says that Karenin is being too generous with her though. And so she cannot accept his magnanimity in granting her wish for divorce proceedings for some reason. This woman loves to suffer. Yeah. That's her thing. I Vronsky resigns his commission and he and Anna jet off to Europe, abandoning the idea of divorce. Hmm. Um, Did they bring a a baby with them? Either one? They bring the littlest one, I think. She's probably still breastfeeding it, yeah. The boy's still running around somewhere. He's he's in New York. He's lost in New York. Oh my god. (laughs) He's He's... racking up the hotel bill. Oh no. Uh, Margarita pizzas everywhere. Donald Trump's there. Oh. All right, part five. 
It's the fifth part. What's the juiciest part? Is it seven? It's always the penultimate. Um, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and like part mm. eight's quite short. It's just like tying up loose ends. <laughs> All the shit goes down yeah. in part seven. Nice. All right. Ooh. Here we are in part five in Moscow. Here we go. Here we are. Nothing can phase Levin's happiness. Not even having to plan a wedding. <laughs> he loves her. Yeah. He loves the wedding planner starring Matthew McConaughey <laughs> and J-Lo. And uh, he's like, I've been preparing my whole life for this. I'm so ready. Um, Kind of. He just does what he's told, basically. Like, the women are in charge of the logistics now. Like, his job was over when he proposed. Now he just does yeah, what he's told. Yeah, that's true. Levin even goes to a priest and does the mandated pre-wedding confession. Uh, oh. Even though he doesn't believe in God, um, which happens to be what he tells his confessor. <laughs> the priest is like, well, what the fuck are we doing? He's just like here? kneeling. He's like, I don't think I should have to do this. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't know how to tell Forgive you Forgive me, Father, I but uh, I don't. I don't believe <laughs> The priest is like, I can't believe this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the priest isn't too impressed by this um, at all, but it doesn't matter. He, he gets it done. And now it's bachelor party time. And bears and horns. And who bester a best man than Stepan Arkadyevich, Steva, Mad Dog, Oblonsky? Mad. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the bears. He's got the ballet dancers. (laughs) It's ready. Sergei is also there. He's in the mix, and a uni friend who doesn't matter. Um, So that's that's our party. They ask Levin if he's ready to give up his freedom. Um, you know, because that's the narrative. Yeah, bowl and chain. Yeah, straight Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I hate marriage and I don't want to get married. <laughs> that seems to be what, like, the narrative then, is. I know. So just don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no one's nope. making you. My wife, right? Sorry. Um, so you were going to do, like, a Borat impression for a second. Anyway, so Levin uh, is, like, in response to this, Levin is like, I finally found someone to love me. Just let me have this. And he even goes to Kitty and is like, are you sure you want to marry me? And she's like, are you breaking up with me? <laughs> You're breaking up with me. And then it's all okay. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. Wedding bells. They are a ringing. Everyone is in the church. Where's the groom? Still in his hotel room. He doesn't have a clean shirt and he's losing his goddamn mind. Oh, no. His servant forgot the dry cleaning. Oh, that is one fired valet. Mm. Like, how did he forget? The- oh, my yeah. God. It's an oh, unmitigated no. He's going to have to wear like a Hawaiian shirt or something. <laughs> well, I think he talked about borrowing one from Steve, but Steve is a lot bigger than he is. So he'd look like a goddamn fool. Or they like pin it back. Like there's so many pins happening yeah. there. And it's just... I think they managed to send oh, someone out to buy a new one. But yeah, anyway, so they're super late, but eventually they get there. Um, before you know it, they're I doing and smooching and it's man and wife, mm. bada bing, bada boom. That's what I wrote mm. on my page. <laughs> That's also what I wrote for um my wedding speech for your wedding. <laughs> yeah, bada bing, bada boom. it was beautiful. My my dad cried, and he was like, "Bada bing, bada boom." <laughs> oh, what a stupidly bada hot boom. day! Yeah, forty six degrees, and I was in long sleeves. That's your own fault. I told you to just go down in your like bridal lingerie. You wouldn't listen to me. I would have looked amazing, but I don't know if they know with the veil. Oh my god! I don't know if the Catholic priest would have been chill with that though. Anyway, much like my wedding, it's a beautiful wedding. <laughs> Says a bridesmaid to a waiter. <laughs> me to a waiter. <laughs> oh no. Okay, over in Italy, oh. Vronsky Ooh, and Anna. Vron- okay. 
Bronski and Anna are oh, traveling yeah. around before they settle down and they rent an old palazzo, which is Italian for palace, but I think it means mansion. They're in a fancy Italian mansion. There's probably They're like Kate. grapevines and olive trees and stuff. The Tuscan countryside. Gorgeous. Why would you want to go to Russia when you can stay there? Well, I know. An old friend of Vronsky's arrives, a guy named Golinishev. And they're both like, finally another human being. Because I don't care how in love you are. Lockdown is a... You're going to want someone else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Golinishev um, tells them about the book he's writing. Uh, he's a bit of a writer. Vronsky tells uh, him how he's taken up painting. That's Vronsky's new thing. Now that he doesn't have the military. No. Yeah, he kind of... Is he terrible at it? You well, know, he's, he's fine. Um, what are those salt flats? <laughs> <laughs> For context, I, when I did a watercolor painting of like a lake, I showed it to my mom because I was really proud of myself. And my mom was like, what is that? Salt flats? <laughs> you'll get better. And immediately after she goes, it's okay, you'll get better. <laughs> Anna has actually been very happy during this sort of honeymoon of sorts. Um, oh, you know, that's nice she, for her. She doesn't feel disgraced in Italy. No one knows who she is. So she's far away from Russia and all the people who, who are judging her. Yeah. Just stay in Italy, guys. Yeah. It's fine. Well, Vronsky is a bit stir-crazy, though. He, oh, no. He misses desire itself, apparently. he's You know, it's like when you're a kid and the school holidays, the summer holidays drag on for a bit too long and you've got nothing to do and you start to get bored and you're like, I kind of miss school. Yeah, and you're like... I miss my friends. Mm. I miss miss recess. Yeah. Oh my God. And then you hate yourself a little bit for thinking that, but you know, that's human. That's human nature, baby. Whoa. And Vronsky's feeling a little bit of that. He doesn't. He's not into the endless holiday, um, the vibe that's sort of that he's found himself plonked in the middle of. He begins to paint a portrait of Anna. Uh oh. But later they meet a Russian painter in Italy who's actually a painter. Uh, and they get him to do a portrait of Anna instead. <laughs> and he's like, I made this. <laughs> well, Vronsky abandons his own painting. <laughs> oh. Uh, and he starts to get dissatisfied with Italian life, uh, if you can imagine, which I cannot. I can't either. Mm. Does he miss the winter and the borscht and the stews? I guess so. In favor of the pizza and the pasta and the tomatis? Back in their country estate in Russia, Levin is getting to grips with married life. He imagines that Kitty needs only to be loved, forgetting that she has desires and aspirations of her own. <laughs> He's like, oh no, like, oh, it's right. a Woman person. Stuff. <laughs> oh no, oh, another no. person. She's not just on a pedestal anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, Kitty, for no. her part, throws herself into housekeeping with gusto. Mm. In a way that initially annoys Levin. I guess she's like moving all his stuff around. <laughs> um... She's all up in his shit, you know, but he gets used to it and he kind of realizes that what she's doing is making a home for their future children. They argue a lot, though, as all married couples oh, will no. in the first couple of years. And <laughs> Are you saying this from experience? It tracks, it tracks. Well, that's what people told us as well when we were engaged. They were like, it gets better. <laughs> first year, oh, worst year. <laughs> Was it, though? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You guys did get in that screaming match building that Ikea did. Ikea ruins marriages, that's for sure. I know. That's why only let me do it, all right? I don't need your help. <laughs> I love building Ikea furniture. Go away. Exactly. High stakes Lego. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Luckily, these guys are so rich, they don't have that problem. Oh, they don't have to do IKEA. They don't have to do IKEA together. The only thing they have to make is babies. Um, That's fun enough. But they still manage to find things to argue about. Levin keeps working on his book, but his progress is slow, which bums him out a little bit. Uh, (laughs) As you know, he feels like he's spoiled and made lazy by married life. He feels like he's... And then he kind of like kind of like silently reproaches Kitty for not caring about anything except housekeeping. He's like, why doesn't she have a project? <laughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't she writing a book like I am? Yeah. I don't know. He's a bit he's dumb. Levin receives a letter from Maria, um, who is his brother Nikolai's uh girlfriend as you recall that um he claimed to girlfriend well yeah that he claimed to have saved from the whorehouse she's back together with his brother nikolai who's dying of consumption um still we know this yeah Yeah. that's his entire character arc i'm just dying (laughs) levin says he must visit nikolai like it's coming to i think the end uh here and kitty insists on going with him she's like oh yeah okay Okay, I'll help. I'll, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm your wife. I'll do it. Yeah. And Levin's like, what? No. No, why would you come? Ew. Um, Ew, that's weird. Gross. Yeah, why why can't I just go by myself? Why can't I go anywhere by myself? (laughs) (laughs) You're married, you don't. Yeah. Oh my god. And also he's a little bit aghast at the idea of Kitty meeting a former prostitute. Oh yeah, Um, true. Which is still a thing. Levin and Kitty fight, and she wins, and they go together. Of course. Mm. She will always win. Mm. She's the smartest person in this book. Nikolai is in a dingy hotel in the provinces. That's why he's living at the moment. Like a shitty little room in a dingy little hotel. Kitty insists on seeing him uh, to Levin's chagrin. But Nikolai is very pleasant to her. I guess Levin was like worried he was going to be rude or, you know, because he's rude and weird and gross and coughs and swears and stuff. (laughs) But he's like, he's really nice to Kitty. And he, he actually calls her Katya instead of Kitty, because um, that's like the Russian shortening of her name, Katarina. Um, so it's like his... I know. It's like his own... Katya from Drag Race. <laughs> well, it's his own little pet name for her, which I think is really lovely that Nikolai comes to have his own kind of relationship with Kitty. Mm-hmm. Levin's freaking out. Um, he can't look... The what? He can't look at Nikolai. He can't face death as a reality. It's like throwing him through a loop. Kitty's nurse training from Europe takes over. And she immediately sets to work. She changes Nikolai's sheets, his clothes. She washes him, finds pillows to prop him up to make him more comfortable. Mm. And it actually, like, makes a huge difference. And he's... Yeah. Yeah. And Nikolai's touched by her tenderness. Like, everyone else seems to be afraid of him. Like, touching him. Mm. Um, like, what he represents. You know, the, you know, death. <laughs> the fact that he's about to die. Levin compares himself to Kitty again. Finding himself to be self-centered. And she selfless. So, like, his judgments mm-hmm. from before. He's like, well, all she does is housekeep. Like... And now he's like, and he's like, oh, oh women's work about is me valuable the whole work. Time. Yeah. So he's humbled by that. They all help Nikolai to take communion the next day. They get a priest in. Um, Kitty's very concerned with him, you know, getting into heaven. She's like, we gotta get him into heaven. <laughs> he's gotta sign his paperwork. He feels better after taking communion, Nikolai. He even goes a full half an hour without coughing once. Oh my god! But you know, he is dying. Um. And, you know, even the German waters couldn't cure TB. So Jesus is like, I'm no German waters. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't think he said that, but okay. <laughs> um, and the cough returns and Nikolai tells Kitty to leave the room because he knows he's going to die soon. He's like, she did, shouldn't see this. Um, he lingers for a long while. Kitty feels ill and vomits. Uh-oh. Preggy? Yeah. Hmm? It takes several long days for Nikolai to pass away. Jesus. The doctors tell Kitty that she is actually vomiting because she is... Pregnant. You win. You get a gold star. <gasps> oh, my God. Mm. I remember collecting gold stars. Oh, yeah. Karenin oh, no. is in a sorry state. Yeah. Oh, no. Jude Law. But he was all like Hare Krishna. What's happened? Well, his career is at a standstill. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, when he's asked to pay one of Anna's overdue bills... He nearly breaks down. I don't know how that happened. Like, if she, like, send it to my husband. <laughs> yeah, she's like, house. bill it to him. Yeah. Why um, does he, he break down? Because it was so expensive? <laughs> I guess in, like, just, like, what is his life that he's just, like, funding his own cuck. His own cuckoldry. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting promoted at work. Like, he's, it's, like, he's failing in all fronts. Life has cucked him. Truly. Well and truly. In all, yeah, in all areas. Maybe James um, Morrison should have been cast... As him all along, <laughs> as he is Hollywood's favorite cop. Mm. The narrator fills us in on Karenin's childhood. He's an orphan, and he grew up with many awards and distinctions, but without intimacy in his life. Oh. So I think he must have been taken care of by grandparents or relatives or something. Now his friend, Lydia Ivanovna, who we, I mentioned briefly before when I was talking about the sets in St. Petersburg, but she's like the super religious, like, right... Um, lobbyist lady she'd be like she'd have a show on fox news you know if she was american in the 21st century gross she urges him oh and she's like has a horse for him a little bit she urges him to trust in jesus and offers to run his household as an act of charity for uh for a poor wronged single dad she's (laughs) like the kids around (laughs) where is he what's he doing Oh no. He's like he's just in the woods. Like he's he's found some other children. They've got a little tribe going, they've all got face paint. Oh my god. They're the it's kids Lord in um the hostel movies. You know, the ones mm-hmm. always asking for candy. She is, of course, hopelessly in love with Karenin. Of course. But she's figured out how to replace erotic passion with Jesus, which is a trick that all women should learn, I think. This um, love of Jesus doesn't prevent her from feeling spiteful towards Anna, though. So she intercepts a letter from Anna to Karenin, begging to be allowed to see her son on his birthday. Oh. So they'll have to find him before then. But Yeah, yeah he's somewhere. <laughs> he's in New York. <laughs> he's lost. He's just in a little boat flowing down the river. like um, <laughs> He's in a barrel like Milo and Otis. <laughs> he's in a barrel. He's got like an oar. <laughs> and he's like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so Anna's begging Karenin to see Seryozha on his birthday Lydia Ivanovna influences Karenin to forbid the meeting mm-hmm. she's like I don't think you should let her see him she's a fallen woman etc when he asks how he can thwart Anna's maternal love she asks maliciously whether that love even exists he's <sighs> like but how can I stop her seeing her own son like how can I prevent her from coming if she you know she loves him she's a mama bear and she's like is she because it seems to me like she kind of ran away to Italy. <laughs> Ugh, Jesus would not not be cool. Would not condone this. Are you sure? What if Jesus is like a mean girl? What if Jesus is a like 
What if Jesus Regina was George. Regina George all along? <laughs> With his like $10,000 wig. Getting his nails done. He's like, you will not believe what I heard about St. Peter. Are you sitting down? <laughs> Saryoja has been told by Lydia Ivanovna that his mother is, quote, dead to him. So he thinks that people have told him that his mom is dead. He's oh. like, where's mom? And they're like, she's dead to you. And he's like, she's dead? <laughs> What's dead? But at the same time, he's pretty sure she's alive. <laughs> he's like, he thinks he saw her in town recently. He thinks he saw her in the woods. <laughs> he's in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> he's been trekking. Um, he's, done, he's done good time. He's, he's good. He's, yeah. he's all right. And he's on a camel on some sand dunes. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a Contiki tour. He got a monkey somehow along the way. He's just got oh a monkey. God. And he's got shoulder. like a little little hat for it. He's got some clothes for it. Oh my goodness. It's the monkey from Aladdin. It's exactly the monkey. He's got a genie. It's Aladdin. <laughs> he's Aladdin. He's Aladdin. Yeah, he's pretty sure she's alive. He thinks he saw her in town recently. He's like, Mom? Um, she's he like, loves Ooh. his father. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. He loves his father and he's very proud of him actually for recently receiving an award from the government. Oh. He's like, my daddy got an award from the saw. <laughs> son, that means get, something. Where, son, where'd you get the uh, that accent from? I <laughs> got it in New York. <laughs> New York. When did you go to New York? Uh, part two. <laughs> <laughs> but he still misses his mother keenly. Karenin visits Saryoja at a schoolwork. I think this is like a regular thing for him. He's like, all right, time for quizzes from dad. <laughs> dad quiz. Um, any any questions? Uh, he he gives him a pop quiz on his religious lessons. But Saryoja's thinking about his mom and his birthday and all sorts of kid stuff. He's thinking about his trek across the the world. Little dots yeah. on the map, yeah. So he's he's not focused. He's unfocused. And Karenin's disappointed by his son's progress. He's like, "You haven't been reading a Bible." And he's like, "Oh, I saved a princess <laughs> from a stampede of elephants." You can do that later after you've read the Bible. I was just trying to find some more string cheese. <laughs> The fish sticks were all burnt. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Vronsky and Anna get back to St. Petersburg at last. Oh. They're, they've had it with Europe. They're back in Russia. They stay in a fancy hotel, but no one will see them. None of their old friends will see them. Everyone shuns them. Even Betsy Sverskaya. Tverskaya. It's, I don't, I can't pronounce it. She You're explains fine. that she would love to see them, but she can't risk the public shame of socializing with Anna. Wow. Anna gets the letter denying her a visit with Seriosia. And she's like, I can't believe this guy. I can't believe this guy. I cannot believe this guy. On his birthday, Anna's like, fuck this guy. And she sneaks into the house anyway. Nice. The servants recognize Anna. They realize that she's kind of not supposed to be there, but, you know, they like her. She's always been nice to them. Yeah. So they bring her to Seriosia. Like, you know. Secret. Clandestinely. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> So mother and son catch up a little. Anna cries with joy and regret. Mm. Saryoja's former nanny also visiting him for his birthday. Um, I don't know if he has a new nanny or if maybe he goes to school now. Mm. Or he just has tutors. Maybe boys don't have a nanny past a certain age. She's also back to visit. And she informs Anna that Karenin is about to enter the room. She's <gasps> like, hey, he's here. He's, he's coming. You better hide. <laughs> oh, no. Get she hide behind like a curtain. You see your toes sticking out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Anna hurries away, but ends up encountering Karenin on her way out. 
And he's like, I can't believe this guy. <laughs> uh, she realizes later that she didn't get the chance to give Seriosha his toys, his birthday presents. Hmm. Returning to the hotel in a daze, Anna realizes she doesn't and can't love her infant daughter, Annie, as strongly as the son she has given up. Uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Okay. I mean, I guess it's possible. Anna mentally reproaches Vronsky for abandoning her in this city when no one else will see her. Mm. She's like, man, why isn't he here keeping me company? <laughs> But he's off. He's off seeing other people. Um, Bronsky returns to the hotel, though, to find Anna with Princess Oblonskaya, and who who's not Kitty's mum, but an old unmarried aunt of Kitty's. Oh. So, like, the sister of Kitty's mum, I guess. But related somehow to them. But she's apparently uh, got a bad reputation. She's a bit of a gossip or a bitch or maybe a bit of a slut. I'm not really sure what yes. exactly. She has a bad reputation for, but she's got it. <laughs> Anna and the princess have determined to go to the opera that evening. Bronsky oh no. thinks it's a bad idea. Oh, uh, yeah. He's oh like, no. oh, she's going to be shunned and humiliated. This was Everyone's like Godfather gonna... 3 all over again. Never go to mm-hmm. the opera. That's what I've gathered. He thinks she must wish to deliberately provoke a reaction. He's like, do you want people to throw stuff at you? Maybe. She goes anyway. Vronsky follows at a distance and watches in horror as Anna is openly insulted by the occupants of the neighboring box. What did they I think say? what happens is like, I think they're like, sh- she talks to the man. There's like an older gentleman and he offers her a program or something for the opera. Something passes between them. And like his wife or the lady who's accompanying him is like, don't talk to her. How dare you? I can't believe this. I I want to move boxes. I don't want to be near her. Like, there's a whole scene is made. Mm. Yeah. Anna returns home angry and beside herself, as as you might expect. And she's like, to Vronsky, she's like, how could you let me go? <laughs> Vronsky's like, I can't believe this guy. <laughs> well, and he's like, and then I just typed lots of question marks. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just the gesture of like, yeah, lifting your hands up. Um, yeah, he ends up having to reassure her of his love. She, yeah, she's like, you don't love me at all. And he's like, I do. I'm just so tired of always <laughs> just seeing you. Um, and they decide to split and go to the country. Honestly, They don't yeah. have to deal with this social ostracism. Mm-hmm. And that is the end of part five. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I'm excited to get to like the... Five, six, seven, because I... Mm. Oh, wait. No, six, seven, eight, because I feel like six, that's where Six, seven, eight, that's down. next. Mm-hmm. Oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. So, yeah. Do you want to... Shall we Shall we take a second to, like, calibrate? Be like, how are you feeling so far? What do you think? Any any thoughts? Well... Any immediate thoughts? Things always happen in the penultimate of anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, well, at least one person's going to die. Like, who's not <laughs> Nikolai. Because he's just—he was just dying anyway. That was his whole character. But um, yeah, I'm excited died. to he's know dead. who will die. I thought um, I thought for sure Vronsky was dead when he um shot himself in the chest. But apparently he can't even do mm. that right. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, um, Levin and Kitty, their little baby. Hopefully they'll be okay. They got a little mm-hmm. baby coming. Um, 
Steve is just living it up. He's fine. And Dolly's I don't think he's just... going to die, yeah. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Dolly's it's just... like Tyrion Lannister. It's like he can't kill everyone's favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. But yeah, something super tragic will happen to like mm-hmm. um, Jude Law, Anna, Vronsky, maybe their um, Aladdin child. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You think, yeah. You think there's some tragedy brewing there? Of course there is. Like, why would you write a book this long without any tragedy? (laughs) Man, the boys who've told me to watch and read things. And the positive like... I'm a stupid girl. I can't read. <laughs> that's the nice thing about Josh is he's never watched a movie in his life, so he doesn't recommend me things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He only likes Pitch Perfect and No Reservations. I mean, yeah, <laughs> what a man. Yeah, I married a mom in a man suit.